Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Couldn't quite get Hazelby on the first effort. Gets it away though to Josh Carr. There's a whistle. It's coming back free to kick. Hazelby. Hazelby. Yep. So free kick to Paul Hazelby, who is within range. Just kicked the two goals, two for the year. And this to make it six out of the last seven goals. Did it carry the distance? Yes, it did. There's the nod. There's the fingers. There's the nod, there's the fingers. Must have been round two, eh, Duff? Only 2-2 two, two for the year. <laughs> what, what did you average a game? I don't know, mate. I think it was 130-odd goals, maybe, across 208. What does that work out to so be? About 0.6 a game, something like that? Mm. I think more as a younger player. I think um, later in my career, harder to kick goals. Yeah. Um, until I moved there in my last year as a, a small forward. I think I kicked 25 in my last year. Paul Hazelby, Dockers legend, one half of the run home with Hayes and Marta. Of course, we have him in every Tuesday to run his eye over Fremantle's performance on the weekend. The value of a dominant ruck combination, what is it in today's game? And we almost saw the ultimate version of it on, on Saturday, didn't we? We go up and down with this all the time. Like, I'm not a big believer in rucks, and I've said on this t- show a number of times that, you know, Fremantle have a lot of money tied up in rucks. And you do see some teams, the top team right now in Collingwood, have Darcy Cameron and also Mason Cox, who went in and was best on ground on the weekend. I'd say their wage is probably 600000 collectively. Mm. And you look at what Frio's spending. So it can work, work either way. But if you do have a combo like you've got with Jackson and Darcy, it needs to be dominant. It needs to get a number of possessions. It needs to win the hitouts like it did. And Darcy was sensational. And Luke Jackson is improving every single week. And it's great to see. And I think the move to put him more in the midfield, not in the ruck, in the midfield as a standalone position, has just helped him immensely. It gives him confidence, lets him run around. He can then get a mismatch on whether it's a midfielder or when he goes back into the forward line, he loses his opponent and he's growing in confidence. He's taking some of those marks and Frio fans are now starting to see what all the fuss was about. Moves pretty well for a 200-centimetre bloke, doesn't he? I think um, Nick Blake is quick. And when he ran past mm. him, um, I mean, Nick Blakey pulled Luke Jackson's pants down, but really Luke Jackson pulled Nick Blakey's pants down. In that, yeah, and look, he got some good matchups. So yeah. against Sydney, you know, we've got to be too, we got to be a bit careful yep. not to go too far. Josh Tracy played his best game for the Fremantle Dockers, but they are under man, undersized, and they were getting flogged in the midfield, so they're always under a bit of pressure. But there's some positive sides that, signs there, in particular with Tracy, like. I don't think we've seen the upside with him. So he's come into the team and he's been in and out for a year now. And then you wonder if it's all worth the effort. But when you see a performance like that, then you can, in the back of your mind, go, okay, there is something there. There is a player that we can uh, build upon. He's going to have some ups and downs. Still very young. And the better you go, the more defensive pressure comes in terms of your opponent that's going to start to target you. So that'll be his challenge. That'll be Jackson's challenge. But there were some positive signs in that front half. And Amos still, Jai Amos still stands his ground pretty well in one-on-ones for a guy who looks like he hasn't mm. been in the gym 
Yeah, doesn't he? Like his ability to hold ground in those one-on-ones is really impressive. And if you give him a summer in the gym, because my understanding is that because of some illness last summer and then um, the the late start in the previous summer, he's basically done no bodybuilding work at this stage. So there's a lot of upside to come there. He's going to be a star. He can just see it. He's got all facets covered. He takes the big marks. He's working on the body work when he's in that situation. He's a really good leader. And the better Freeman will get around the ball in terms of their midfield kicks, the better he's going to go. There's times where he's leading up at the ball carrier and there's still some mids that can't find him. Switkowski is the best one kicking the ball inside the 50 because he always lowers his eyes and mm. finds that player. And often that player is Jai Amos because he's clever with his leading pattern. So if they can get some better ball users, I think it's going to help him. But I said at the start of the year, 40 goals for him. He's still got a bit of work to go. But he was actually dropped or didn't make the round one team, would you believe? Should have been in there. I thought John uh, Longmuir made a small mistake with that one, but he's building nicely and he's going to be a gun for a long time for the Dockers. So does the mix feel about right now with those three tools, Amos, Tracy and Jackson? Yes, you need three. I did write an article a couple of weeks back that the two and five was working well for them, but I think with Jackson getting up the ground a bit more, once he's there and whether he gets the ball or somebody else does, they turn around and then there's only one more. You do need two for better balance, so to have three in your forward line working together. Who they are, we're still working through that. Josh Tracy will get another chance. Will it be Nathan Fife? Is there another player they look at in the future to complement those other two? We're going to find out a bit more, but most clubs would prefer two gun forwards and the ruckman that goes in there, and that is Jackson for the Fremantle Dockers. So let's talk about Nathan Five. Two games as the sub, 139 minutes, 132 minutes, basically played the last quarter. He's been useful both times, and he was important two or three times on the weekend when Sydney came a bit. Um, what do you do with him this weekend against Geelong? Get him in there, Duff. This is Get a two-time Brownlow medal winner. Like... And when he's playing, it's not like he's not playing well. He's coming in having an impact. He had 10 possessions in that amount of time in the first game. Strapulate that out over a whole game. He's actually looking at 25, 30 possessions, and he was dangerous. And he's always been a player that can create a goal, whether he kicks it, whether he gives it off, whether it's something on the inside that he does to give his team the best chance of scoring. He does that. And look, yes, there's some other players around. But come on, this is Nathan Fife. Erasmus has come in. He's been pretty good. James Aish, just going at the moment. Hasn't had the best start to the season. Now, I know what he gives on the outside with his experience and his positioning because the wing role is important. And the other one is Bailey Banfield. But surely out of those three, you can make a tough, a semi-tough decision to leave them out, make them sub and bring Nathan Fife in. I think you're right. I heard you talking a bit before that Johnson needs to come in as well. I'd bring those two in. And and what it does, even though you've been winning, it keeps all players on edge. It shouldn't always just keep the same team rolling after you win a game because there are still some players that uh, don't contribute, but everything just gets analysed a bit more when you lose, unfortunately, and that's why coaches make more changes after losses. But keep the group guessing um, of who's going to be in that team and, and bring back Nathan Fife. Double banger question here. Alex Pierce's game on Lance Franklin and Lance Franklin's current situation. Awesome game. Alex Pierce has been pretty good. Barring probably three games, I think he's worked back into it pretty well. Um, he just had his measure. And, look, I don't think the forwards for Sydney really helped Buddy out too much. But, yeah, I think we're seeing the end of Buddy Franklin. And 
Um, I wasn't a fan of the contract extension last year. I thought he was showing those signs, but he's kicked seven goals in six games. And that's with Amadi being out and now Logan McDonald's out. And maybe that forces their hand. If they do believe they are going to make a late run to play finals, that they still need him in there. But let's exit him the right way. But I just don't think the right thing for Sydney is for him to see the rest of the year out. I would pick a date like we saw last year a little bit with um, Josh Kennedy and make it a big occasion and give him a bit of a farewell tour leading up to that. But the time is right and no club... Stand still. You've got to keep moving, and they've got to get games into those other forwards because if Sydney don't bounce back next year, then they would have missed a good opportunity given what we saw last year in the grand final. Jaeger O'Meara, his last two weeks. Jaeger O'Meara, his last two yeah, weeks. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, everybody was talking about the, the players that left the Fremantle Dockers three weeks ago. Hmm. You don't talk about them. You don't hear about them when the two players that you brought in are actually standing up and being dominant. And as good as Luke Jackson has been, Jager O'Meara the last two weeks I think has been just as serviceable for the Dockers. Interesting in the way it came about that they had to make a choice basically between two players, that they were sharing that role in Will Brody. He's gone out and that has coincided with him playing his best football. The mix is right. And I guess the other part of that is the other midfielder that stepped up too in the last two weeks. That helps out enormously in Andrew Andrew Brayshaw. Brayshaw, So he gets more ball, he helps out, shares the load, and then Jay Gromier can do what he does best, win football. He's really good with his ball use as well, albeit it's normally, you know, not coming out the front of stoppages and being that guy kicking the ball inside the forward 50, but his possession rate and retention is very good. His tackling work and his work around stoppage, I think, has always been a credit to him. So it's a real positive and nobody's talking about those players that have left anymore. When you start winning, things change. It's going to be difficult for Will Brody, isn't it? It just feels like the mix is right now. So mm. unless there's an injury, he's probably going to be running around in the waffle for a fair while. Yeah, but he will put up big numbers in the waffle. You know that. But Justin Longmuir was clearly trying to get something else from him defensively. I think that is the issue. And when you are the one, the scapegoat that goes out, when you are losing contested possession and then you win it for the two weeks after you've exited the team, it doesn't all go well for you. It's a bit unfair because it's not it's never one person's responsibility when you're losing like that. And even the mindset change, listening to Caleb Sarong talk about them being on the move a little bit more, he could be a part of that. But with five back in the mix, Erasmus Johnson, it's going to make it difficult in the short term for him to get back in. Absolutely. Can they beat Geelong? They can. Absolutely. I would have preferred Geelong maybe coming off a win. But now that they've come off that loss, I just think it may sharpen them up a little bit. I know they don't get too much back from an injury point of view, but they're cherry ripe. And the Dockers have always had a good history in recent times anyway against Geelong, even when Geelong have been up the top and the Dockers have been closer to the bottom. On any given occasion, they can cause the upset. So I think if they they bring the same vibe and mojo like they've been playing with, have to be a chance. You know Nathan Fife likes playing against Geelong. Mm. So probably the two games I remember as Nathan Five standout games are both against Geelong, down at Cadinia Park in 2015 and 2019 at the stadium. Yep. I think he played that day. I remember him just playing the third quarter where he basically said, just just come with me, boys. I'll take you to the promised land. So even just replacing Bailey Banfield, like how, how would you feel about that? Like, yes, Bailey was good, but Bailey's up and down. As most small forwards are, it's not an easy position to play. We acknowledge that. I suppose the question I would ask is, 
what does Nathan bring from a pressure perspective that Bailey Banfield clearly does bring? Mm. And do you lose something against a team that likes to set up from the back, that likes to use Tom Stewart? And really, you have to find a way to cope with Tom Stewart when you're playing against Geelong, mm. don't you? And does Bailey Banfield play a role in that? And if that's the case, does he become more important when you play against Geelong? I, and look, you're a smarter footy person than me, hey? so you're probably better at figuring that out than I am. But I, but I would ask that question before I made that call. Needs to be a smart player, and the team needs to be in tuned with that player because you don't want to avoid that player. Actually, at the right time, you want to make him accountable. Stuart, I'm talking about. So I think the option could be Josh Tracy because sometimes it's more about, well, who's he going to go to? Because you can run around trying to, you know, do all the the three-card tricks that players try to do in that part of the ground when you have that situation. But it could be Fife. If it was Fife, he could go there. He's certainly smart enough and he's good enough and the team would be in tune enough to hit that player up at the right time to make him accountable. Who plays on Jeremy Cameron? Um... Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a real tough matchup because Alex Pierce probably can't go with him up the ground. Used to be Griffin Logue, didn't it? Yeah. Um, Brennan Cox, we saw have a go first half against Jack Lacocious, and that probably didn't work. He lost him a few times when he went up the ground. And Luke Ryan probably can't go with him either. It's a very difficult one. I think they'll probably have a combination and maybe in the area sort of uh, responsibility. If you're there, you've got him. But if he comes back into this zone, you switch it around. Hypothetically speaking, Hayes, before I let you go, if they beat Geelong, do they play finals? Yes. Oh, I if like it. If they beat Geelong, yep. It gives them a really good chance. And we know around that mark, you've got Adelaide, you've got Carlton. Carlton are faltering a little bit. They seem to be the best of the rest with what we've seen over the last two weeks. But we can't get too carried away over the last two weeks. Hawthorne and Sydney are playing horrible, underman in defence. But the vibe, I keep saying the word vibe. It's the vibe of the thing. The vibe's back. If you just quote the castle, the vibe <laughs> is back at Fremantle, and that's what we've been waiting for. Paul Hazelby, Fremantle legend, of course, good Northampton boy, along with our other AFL expert, of course, Josh Kennedy, who will be in later to talk about matters West Coast. Hayes is one half of the run home with Hayes and Marto. You can hear them weekdays, 3 p.m. on SEN.